What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, round number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the NFL edition. I got it right this time. We are Ballsy. It's a really more a Cowboys edition. The Dallas Morning News and SportsDayDFW.com's podcast. We should we should brand it the Cowboys because that'll sell. Well, candidly, we're talking Cowboys. Candidly. Oh. Can I say that? No. This is the Dallas Morning News' podcast. Owned and solely operated by the Dallas Morning News. But the topic is the Dallas Cowboys. And we have clown number two here instead of clown number one. No, no, no. David is not what? a clown. David's very serious, well, full, full of insight. And besides, we need David for the next four weeks while Kevin's gone, so don't insult him. But he's not going to be here. Will you, Dave, let, Let's introduce him first. Okay. Well, David Moore is here. David, uh, you cover the Cowboys, right? I'm looking forward to the college brought. Paul, bro, bro, Paul cast, podcast, podcast, broadcast, whatever it is. You Chuck, Cooperstein had a few, that one? Chuck Cooperstein had a few uh, opinions on the podcast. Did he? he now he, we're looking for opinions from you. I, I think he rolls out of bed with opinions. Uh, and and uh, Was he out of bed? I don't know. That, that, I don't know, but I'll tell you what. He, he, he and, and they're heartfelt opinions. It's, it's none of this, I'm going to be a contrarian just just he's opinionated about everything. He's, he's had ca- a romance with him for a long time. He's caffeinated. I have ever since I was a child. Gone back so far. What is what is the genesis? Of I this? used to listen to him on when he was on the Midnight Run on WBAP, and I was just a child. Yeah. Okay. All right, Barry. Whatever. Uh, so, David, uh, you are getting ready to. Um, yes, I am, Evan. Evacuate. <laughs> Excuse me. To. Uh, <laughs> Is California. <laughs> is that a med- <laughs> thank- He's, it wasn't talking <laughs> in the medical medical term. medical term, were you? Gosh, uh, you will be, you're leaving this week for California in Cowboys training camp. I am, and that's got to be a thrill. It is, David, the king. <laughs> I am. It is, David. Talk. So, uh, David. Last time I was on this, that's what Kevin Sherrington was doing, giving two word answers. That's because we. Ins- that's because we insulted him, David. Aside from the big stories, which will be who got in a fight with who. Oh, exactly. The first training camp fight. The first Always a signature moment of any camp. Make sure you've got your phone out and videoing <laughs> that. Um, what what are you going to be looking for uh, in Oxnard besides a fine Pinot Noir? There are some fine Pinot Noirs there. I'm also sure. some nice Syrahs. <laughs> so so what, what stands out for you to really pay attention to in this camp? Well, the first thing I'm going to pay attention to will be even before... I leave for Oxnard, and before the team leaves for Oxnard the day after, is will Rolando McLean be on the team charter flying to Southern California? And your best guess is? My belief is no. And I believe even if he happens to be on that charter, I'm not so sure that he's on the roster once the season starts. They, they wouldn't make them fly out there and then tell them they don't want them. Well, I think there's— in training camp. Well, it's— you know, if if you, if you get through camp and then you you find out that uh, you don't have any injuries, I, I think that's unlikely. I think it's more likely that he wouldn't go rather than go, and then they decide to cut ties with him. But uh, it's all going to come down to the resolution of how much he's going to be charged on the cap. And they did not have a definitive answer on that at the end of last week. And I know people say, "Well, how in the world can they not know?" Well. 
front office personnel are on vacation or they're here and they're working things to to move into the star. Yeah, all that stuff uh, is probably packed away in boxes, right? They, <laughs> like, don't, well, yeah. they don't have, they they don't they have, don't have any laptops. Like databases or anything. D- d- they, but, uh, but you know. Don't the, they give everybody in the front office their own iPad? Yeah, like exactly. Uh, coach, coaches are out on vacation and came back today on Monday. Um, and, and a lot of officials in the league office, this is their vacation time because – uh, this is just the block you do it. You do it leading up to when training camp starts. So a lot of people are on vacation, and the and the idea is like, well, how can you not know this? I understand that, but when all sides are on vacation and everyone's going, you know what? Once we all get back on Monday, we have four days to decide what his status is before he gets on the plane. We can do it then. Then we can meet with the coaches. So this week they're all going to determine just exactly what the cap charge would be on uh, Rolando McLean if they decide to cut him before they go to training camp. And then they will sit down and discuss, okay, this is what it is. Now let's discuss all the other factors and make our decision. Should, Do, they want to cut tra- Do they want to cut him? I believe so, yeah. I, I believe the majority of the organization wants to cut him, yes. What does Jerry Jones want to do? I believe Jerry Jones wants to see what the cap charge is going to be. Uh, Jerry Jones is, would not be adverse to cutting him. If everyone in the organization tells him, Jerry, look – we should cut him, and this is why. And they list all of their reasons, and there is a consensus. Jerry's going to say, okay, that makes sense. He doesn't want to sign off on it when he says, okay, all this makes sense. What are we going to be – what's our cap hit going to be? And they go, we don't know. Okay, here's, here's my one question. Is, yes. And we went through this before Just during OTAs. Well, I've got plenty of others. Okay. But we went through this during OTAs, that he doesn't like OTAs, that it doesn't really fit with his personality. Um, but the Cowboys put up with that because he's a performer. Well, now he's going to miss the first four games. Ten games. Ten games. Oh, it's ten games. I'm sorry. Okay, it's ten games, and then the 11th game is five days later on Thanksgiving. So in essence, I would argue it's an 11-game suspension. When you look how it took him three weeks to get back to form after a four-game suspension last year, now you're looking, he's not going to be at the level they expect him to perform if you look at it historically, until, until the final the game best, yeah. or two, final one to two games. Yeah. So now suddenly— So they'll, not, ha- they'll have so, him put the playoff run. Well, now, yeah. So now suddenly it's not just you roll your eyes and you go, well, that's that's McLean, but he's not he's not impacting anyone else. He's not, uh, you know, he's not a leader of a revolt. There's no—it's not like other guys are saying, I'm going to do it the way McLean does. Right. He's isolated. Now you come back, and it's a performance, and it's like— Okay, how much do we really get out of him? Now, remember this, too. During the suspension, he can't be with the team. So he's going to be away from the team for 10 weeks. Now, he was away from the team in the offseason. He came back about 20 to 25 pounds overweight. So there is nothing in his his discipline or lack of discipline, if you will, and his practice habits since he's been here to reinforce the fact that, you know what? Let's go ahead, bite the bullet, hold on to him, and then work him back in once he gets in in late December, late November, early December. Well, he can make an impact for us. Yeah, it's a good thing he doesn't play an important position. But who who will be the middle linebacker? Anthony Hitchens. And, and I, I've been a little surprised at all this consternation of, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? You look at Anthony Hitchens started the five games at middle linebacker last year that McLean did not. Those were his five most productive games, far and away. Uh, you look at tape, and, and I know you do, Barry. I do. Uh, and, and you break it down. Uh, he is 
he is at his best at the middle linebacker position or the weak side linebacker. Now, he wound up starting most of his games at strong side linebacker because they wanted to get their three top linebackers on the field. He is not as talented as McLean or Sean Lee, and so it's like we're going to put you at strong side even though really none of the three of you are suited for strong side but would rather have our three best out there. So he was out of position in my mind. He plays the other two linebacker positions really well. I just think he's uh, undersized and and doesn't have the feel for the strong side. Uh, But you look at him in the middle, he's not as physical as Rolando McClain. He's not as talented, but he consistently puts himself in position to make plays. He He had a game of 18 tackles when he started at middle linebacker last year and a game of 17 tackles when he started at middle linebacker. He had two sacks from the middle linebacker position uh, in those first four games last year when he was starting for McLean. I don't think there's any question at all. I think Anthony Hitchens is a very good linebacker and he's going to be the starting middle linebacker. And, on this team. and, and playing next to him on both sides will be? Sean Lee on weak side. Uh, and then your question is, what are you going to do on the strong side? You're going to go with the same philosophy of let's go with our three best. Uh, you know, Durant could work his way in there. Uh, Nichoa, who they brought in last year. Uh, Wilson, uh, who actually looked pretty good in this offseason. And Kyle Wilbur still a consideration there on the strong side as well. All right, so uh, you know somebody's going to get hurt during training camp. I mean, it's, I don't think so. It's inevitable. No, I don't think so. Anyone will. How do you figure that, David? <laughs> He's being contrarian. Just because the contrarian, last David. Just because the last three years that the Cowboys have lost a defensive starter to injury for the entire season or the majority of the season in each of those years. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> uh, can this can if this team loses a starter, given what they're going to be out, what they're going to be missing the first four games. What kind of impact does that have on, on, on the Cowboys' ability to get off to any kind of competitive start? You're talking on the defensive side of the yeah. ball? Yeah. I think we you all could know what also, happens if Tony goes down. Yes. You, 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 well, you could, now you could also make the argument that if they lose a starter on the defensive side of the ball, is the drop-off is severe because, there's, because the talent is much closer that they're start, actually starting backup players in uh, several defensive spots. That's a good point. That's a good point. That they're, yeah, you're not necessarily missing uh, – your drop off's not that big. It, it's uh, you're not missing Von Miller. I, I don't. I don't think there's a huge separate really. You know, in a lot of these positions, I, and and uh, that's it's, it's a collective effort defensively. They're going to have to get it done. I, I go back to two years ago. Not to saying that they're going to be able to replicate that, and uh, that is a, a tiresome and inaccurate argument. I think a lot of times, and 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 a lot of the Cowboys' off season approach has seemed to be you know what, we can just duplicate what we did in 2014 and go from there because we're not that far removed from it. I disagree with that whole premise. That being said, I will go back uh, before 2014, and the perception of that defense was, uh, if you remember, it was coming off a, a historically bad season. Uh, really, statistically, from, from the passing game standpoint, the, the wor- one of the worst seasons in NFL history right. uh, by any defense. And that defense was very competitive and, and overachieved early in the really all year. Uh, and it was no, you couldn't point to any one or two individuals that led the way. It really was a collective effort. Uh, I, you know, they're set up for that again this year just because they don't have any standout uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think a lot of them have been humbled by what happened last year. And you look historically in, in all sports, uh, I, 
usually once uh, an individual or a side of the ball or uh, whatever the sport may be, once they have had success, then come back and are humbled the next year overall individually and as a group, a lot of times you see them respond and play better because of that. So I, I think the fact there are no expectations, which is big for this group, uh, I think the fact they all feel they have something to prove because last year was so bad, and the fact that I think that I don't think they were as as bad defensively last year's statistics reflected because this team never played with a lead, right? And so they were never in a position to get sacks, to get turnovers. And, and I think every offense that played against the Cowboys last year said, you know what, this team is so compromised offensively. Why should we take any chances uh, against that defense? Let's go with the most vanilla, bland, safe offensive plan we can, and our personnel is just going to win this game. And that's what happened as the season wore on. So I think there are some other dynamics in place that uh, statistically the severe drop was not as significant as it as statistically it showed last year. I, but I, my take going in is that one thing the Cowboys have to get back to, if you want to go back to 2014, I did think that they took more chances defensively to try and create takeaways. And I think this is one thing that they've got to invest some time and energy into is is more of the let's do what we need to do to create a takeaway here, even if it's a more risky type approach to defense. Yeah. Uh, Rod Marinelli traditionally doesn't like to do that. Uh, I would argue their best game defensively last year was against Washington on the road when they were out of character and blitzed uh, because it caught the offense off guard and they were actually able to shake some things up. I think you will see the pressure to blitz and do some more things. Uh, you know, you can, and I actually overall, I think that's not just a criticism of, of Marinelli. I think it's a, a criticism of Jason Garrett as well. I think that he's not uh, a risk. He's he's not he's averse to risk taking. He's averse to risk taking. I also believe that uh, he puts so much, and the coaching staff puts so much into preparation, and this is going to be our game plan going into the game that once the game unfolds, they stick to that plan regardless, even when there are indications that, well, maybe you should throw a curveball in here and do this. I think they are reluctant and hesitant to change within game to a fault. That being said, I think they will go into games more this year with a more aggressive defensive attitude saying, look, we don't have the talent. We need to do some things here. This has to be part of our personality. A minimal part, but it has to be a part of our personality. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about, you know, all out, oh, sure, nonstop no. blintzing. But no. I thought, you know, from an anecdotal vision perspective in 14, I thought that even in open field tackles, this team – hunted the ball a little bit more aggressively that they went that they tried to strip balls that they you know they they tried to create tried to tried to create takeaways even in situations where it wasn't you know just out there for for the taking and i think that that's something they've got to get back to i think they swarmed to the ball much better in 2014 than they did last year uh, i i think Swarming, you saw that's a good word uh, that you, you saw a collective breakdown last year you still had individual players getting there but you know the the since the guy just retired, you know, Tillman's is the peanut punch that, that Rod Marinelli teaches all the defensive backs to go in and punch at the ball as you're taking that him was, down. That was Barry's that chief, was Barry's. Uh, uh, when he was a pugilist, he was big on the, the, the peanut, peanut punch. punch. Can you describe that I'd, I'd like technique? To talk, no, I'd like to you, talk. You I'd punch like to talk, some guys in the peanuts. 
I'd like to talk about the luckily Brian. You woke Brian up over there. <laughs> Brian, Brian, our, our producer is now uh, paying attention. I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Which speaking we're, of peanuts, we're, we're oh, very good. From the from the man from the clown family. But I want to talk about the elephant in the room. We had Zeke Elliott. Everything was going yeah. uh, kind of, kind of smoothly. There was there was no there right was, up until I saw him at Mandarin Express in the DFW airport ooh. after he was. Uh, oh my! <laughs> what did, what did he order? Uh, he ordered. I think it was sweet and sour chicken that he ordered. Okay, but 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 as everybody knows now, there's been accusations about so everything it. was going fine smoothly. But before Relative. the the Dez lawsuit against his former mentors against against a Which one of the most powerful it. politicians yes. in the state of Texas, yes. Royce West. Good luck, Dez. Um, but 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 here's here's my question: What? But that but that's that's de rigueur is de rigueur is that is that how you say it in, in French? That that the, 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 very, de, very French of you. The yes. Dez the Dez stuff the Dez stuff everything you know oui, oui. You, you you expect that. But but now we have. Out of left field, out of out, out, out of nowhere, comes this accusation: a, a, Zeke, a Zeke Elliott, a man we were assured of, and and there's no evidence that, that there's anything that happened, but it's there, it's there. And well, there's evidence something happened. The question is whether he was the the perpetrator of it. Right, there was a police report. And there oh are, yeah, there, yeah, there yeah, are. yeah. But, there's but a police there's, report. I understand there's a police report, and there are report. bruises and scratches now. He maintains that came from a bar fight she got in with another woman earlier in the week. Evan, did your wife ever get into a bar fight with another woman? Listen, I uh, no, and I, I just I don't want to make I don't want to make light of any of this re- regarding th- any potential domestic violence. My my question here is: Was there anything the Cowboys do any due diligence? Any of course they did. And that, this guy was as squeaky as clean as as you could there could be. There was no. No, there was no indication of domestic uh, history of uh, domestic abuse or potential domestic abuse uh, in his relationships. That being said, you always take this seriously. My understanding now is is not only the NFL but the Cowboys are looking back because look, it's not just the the focus because of the of the police report is on this specific incident. Clearly, they had a relationship. Now, what level of relationship? He says he never lived there. She says he did. Uh, but they did have an ongoing relationship. So now the the Cowboys and the league are looking into was there ever let's let's take this episode out of it. That's right. going to be part of what they view. But let's not just look at this episode. Let's look over their uh, their, their history rela- together, their relationship, the and see if there's any evidence whatsoever of abuse. Right. And if the league finds any evidence of abuse, it doesn't matter. What happens with this police report, if anything is filed, if if the league determines that abuse took place at any time in this relationship, he'll be suspended for six games. <laughs> so, I, I, so it's under investigation now. So, um, and I know any, people. Any, any idea what the time frame will be on that? No, I mean they will. It, it depends on how forthcoming people are when they. I mean, everyone knows this is. Look, after what happened with Ray Rice, after the, the, the conversation you had with Greg Hardy coming up last year, after uh, going out and installing uh, a former uh, high-profile prosecutor, woman prosecutor with, with a history of prosecuting domestic violence, who is now in charge of how the league responds on these issues, 
to, to say that it's going to be ignored, I think, but, is completely unrealistic. They're going to look at all of it. But again, it gets into, okay, how credible of both of these people as witnesses? What what did other people specifically see? Have there, what anecdotal evidence do you have? How strong is it? Uh, and, and will these people talk to us? Uh, and so that's that's where they are now. But the whole Cowboy season has been predicated on offense and defense, on Zeke Elliott being in the lineup. <laughs> no question. So right. this, 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 everybody better hold their hold their collective breaths on this. Well. You have to. I mean, yeah, I mean, where the Cowboys are concerned, for sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, the, obviously, Cowboy fans, which you is know, Cowboy I, podcast. The uh, the thing that just the thing that just amazes me is, uh, you know, when you use the word derigor, it's almost that that's almost become derigor with with NFL players. Is you just you expect when, when not if, but when is there either going to be a a drug suspension or something related to some kind of gun or domestic violence thing and it's just become a real the league's got a real issue here that that yeah not not speaking this issue specifically but every coach will tell you off the record they all hold their breath once that final mini camp is over and the players are completely on their own for a month until training camp happens uh because there's no discipline uh, th- there's no discipline schedule. I don't want to say there's no discipline. They, there's no discipline schedule for them. They don't have to be at this workout. Right. They don't have to be around these teammates. They don't, they, you know, they're not part of the culture, uh, if you will, of that team for that month. They are strictly out on their own uh, with their friends. And uh, every every and head this coach is there one opportunity. There really is there one to opportunity loose to and, party and cut yes, loose. You know, yeah. and I mean. You're talking about Zeke Elliott's case. You're talking about a 22 year old. You're, you know, you're talking about this is a birthday celebration, basically party the night before. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I just get left speechless about this stuff because it really is bigger than than the game at this point in time. And I think the NFL, I, the NFL seems to have a much bigger issue with it than than the other three major sports leagues. Barry, your thoughts? Here's my thought. I want you to give us some good news, some some happy talk going into training camp. David. <laughs> David, you regarding the Cowboys? Yes, regarding the Cowboys. Certainly there's there's got to be some things positive going going into training camp. Who who's the uh, pl- who, who who's, Weather's gorgeous. Who's the player you're going to Who's the breakout player for the Cowboys this year? Breakout player? Define breakout. Who's the player everybody will be going, "Wow, I didn't know he could do this." Or you didn't know he could do that. Or he's surprising. Surprising. It's going to have to come on the Impactful. defensive side of the ball. <laughs> because Impactful. It's going to be. I, th- I think the bar is so low on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's going to be, wow, that guy's really. I maintain Anthony Hitchens because apparently you're, no one has noticed. You, you question he's my a pretty relationship good player. with well, Chuck Cooperstein. And, 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 right. and, you're, you and you, every time I see you, you you're, you're boosting Anthony Hitchens. The other, the other part of that is I think you also have to say, uh, start – Okay, which players are eligible for all 16 games at this point? Oh, yes. <laughs> and so Anthony Hitchens has an opportunity it as well. to make an impact yeah. from game you one. You know, David was a big fan of Christopher Hitchens, and I think— Christopher Hitchens, yes. Yes, I see. Big I, knew, I, I, I I knew you were, but uh, which is in- interesting. Um, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of his, but I'm you were. acquainted he, with he, his, he, he is, he is discourse, his public discourse. He, he, he is passed. Okay, so on, on, on offense, give me give me a breakout player on offense. A, a guy, give me a, a wide receiver who might make an impact. Who aside from Dez, and 
Well, Bryce Butler, I think, could have some big games this year. Okay. Um, I, you know I, I, who he's hoping for. <laughs> yeah, I know who he's hoping for. I'm not going to mention that name. Um, Good, because I, I, his name shall not be mentioned. Sh- it anymore. should not, and it should not be mentioned. I, I, I think that uh, with their emphasis on the running game and uh, Tony is at his best and his biggest plays come when he's able to do play action, if you look at it, and uh, a strong running game allows him to do that. Play action also allows you to make the bigger plays down the field uh, than you normally get. It's not that quick drop and, and uh, West Coast offensive quick drop timing. You know, get the ball out of your hands and, and let the wide receiver run. It lets the wide receiver run and allows you to throw deep uh, in single coverage for a big play. So I think the way they are structured this year, if they're able to run the ball, um, and certainly Dez is always going to have a, a safety over the top bracketing him. He's always going to have double. Uh, Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler will not. I believe Bryce Butler is going to have some big games this year. I also think he's going to have some games where he doesn't even touch the ball. All right, well, this is a this is a point I'd like to get into with you because obviously last year Terrence Williams was a disappointment as as a lead receiver, basically yes. as a primary as the primary receiver with, yes. with with Dez out for so much. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a disappointment as a complimentary receiver. Um, so if he is the secondary receiver this year. Mm-hmm. I would look for a big bounce back from him. That's He's also in a contract year. He's a guy who should have a big season as well. I agree. But Butler's a better deep threat than than Williams is, is he not? Or Probably, s- but so we're told. But but Williams is really good run after the catch, uh, good size. Uh, if you're if, if, if you're he runs the route up, right, he he puts himself in position to make some really big plays. Butler's quicker a little bit. Probably quicker, yeah. Okay, better hands. Which who, who favor on hands? Who favors the hands? Butler, but I would say Butler's inconsistent as well. That's that's been the knock on him. Um, uh, Terrence Williams still catches it with his body too much. I think when you actually see, I, I think Butler catches it with his hands more. Uh, so I would probably give a slight edge to Butler. But again, I would say he's been more inconsistent to this point of his career than Terrence Williams. Is, is there a breakout tight end on this team? Oh, shut up, Barry. No, no, no. no. Here's, no I, I, it's a serious question I, I, want, to, I want to get to. Gonna, talk, no, no, no. Gonna, before no, no. We yes, get to, Wayne. Is, well, I want to talk about Jason Witten for a minute. All right, but before we get to Jason Witten, I just want to know, is Butler-Williams a head-to-head matchup in, in training camp for playing time? They will structure it that way. I believe that, that Terrence Williams will be the, the second receiver and Butler will be your primary guy in three receivers. All right. okay. uh, J- Jason Witten, we all watch Jason Witten. He's, he's a, the all, a great all-time player. But he, but. Catches, he, but he catches the ball. every. It seems that way. Every time he catches the ball, there's no yards after catch. Okay. Can the Cowboys continue to afford this? Well... I, I would I would say he runs precise routes, and even though he doesn't get you yards after the catch, you're seeing him more and more used on third down. And as long as he picks up the as long as he picks up the first down, um, I think they're willing to live with that. So I, I think he he knows where to run his routes, and rarely do you see when Romo's throwing to him on third and five. Rarely do you see him run a four-yard route. Yeah, I don't think you see him cut routes short at all. I, I think now, he doesn't get a lot of yards after the catch. I agree with you completely. He's pretty precise, and I think his hands are as good as anybody on the team. I, I, I think I think Witten is about efficiency, and I think he's still a very efficient player, even at this age. And 
and and you look at last year for the the very poor performance of the offense, and, and we've gone through the quarterbacks, but but a lot of that is what they did on third down. Uh, they were horrible on third down last year after being one of the better teams in the league uh, the year before, and really uh, a top ten team most of the time. Uh, over the last six to seven, eight years on third down conversions. And who do you think will be the number two running back? We're I, assuming that Ezekiel Elliott is the number one. Right. Yeah. We're at this point. Yeah. yeah. Who's, the, who's the number two? I think it's going to vary according to the game. I really do. I, I think that uh, McFadden and Morris at different times of the year are going to be uh, the primary backup. I, I think that. Uh, who's to say Ezekiel Elliott gets through the entire season? As we talked about right. earlier, there's a potential for a suspension here right. based on what the NFL finds. Uh, so I, I think that – I know everyone was initially saying, look, um, you need to trade one of these guys. It doesn't make sense to stack them up on the runway at this position. But I would argue that, you know what, this team, in order to protect Tony Romo, has to be able to run the ball. That's the best way that they can protect him. And if, you, if you're built on the running game, which so few teams are, but let's say you lose your lead back and then you can't rely on the run anymore, then you've lost your identity as an offense. And I think they have really they have structured it to where even if they lose their top back, they can still have the same commitment to the running game because of McFadden and because of Morris, that they're still going to be able to hand it to somebody. They'll split the touches. Or split them, it, but, yeah. But, but, but you know, if, if Elliott goes out in a game or suspended and McFadden's not ready for the opener, well, you know what? For three weeks we can hand the ball to Morris for 20 to 25 times a game and right. still establish the run game and the mentality that yeah, we want. That you've, you've got guys Whereas if you didn't, when, if you take any one of those guys out of the equation, I don't know that you can. Right. You know? All right, so and is there any question in your mind what will be the uh, uh, the structure of the quarterback situation beyond, behind Tony? No, I believe Kellen Moore is the, the number two and Dak Prescott. Uh, it's going to be – everyone, I think, is most interested in seeing on what Dak Prescott can do in the preseason games. Uh, I think everyone – Because everybody has already seen what – or think they've seen what Kellen Moore can do, and it's it's always it's always it's well everyone's going to want it, Dak Prescott instead of Kellen Moore. Right? It's it's usually the back of you know the most popular guy on every team is the, is the guy standing on the holding holding the clipboard, but but now now the, the, there's got to be there's a bit of fan infatuation about the future. About is the this future. guy the future? And so and they have. So low expectations for Kellen Winslow in the pre- Kellen, Kellen Winslow, Winslow. Winslow. <laughs> Kellen Moore in the present that uh, it, it, obviously they're going to jump ahead and, and a lot of people, a lot of fans feel that Kellen Moore didn't do anything to deserve to be the backup quarterback. Uh, I get that, uh, but he is the backup quarterback. I think it's unrealistic to expect Dak Prescott to move past him this year at any point. I think that's unrealistic. Okay, so um, so. Uh, Kellen Moore, in your mind, ends up the backup quarterback and yes. the guy to step in at any point in time this year if Romo is hurt. Yes. Okay. And and how 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 is the NFC East stack up? Do you think this season? I I believe that it is legitimate to expect a Cowboys team coming off a four and twelve season. I I don't think it's unrealistic to install them as the favorite to win the division. 
I do not. Are you buying that, Evan? No, I'm not. I I, I think Washington's probably got to be the favorite going in. That would be that would that's just my. Uh, and again, well, you can always David, argue that you can always argue the division champ until yeah. proven otherwise is the favorite. I I just I look at the the number of suspensions that this team has on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think that that the early season schedule necessarily means they're going to start zero and four, because I I think they've got a some winnable games there. But I do think that this team's going to be fighting an uphill battle all year, and I just don't, I I can't I can't install them as a favorite. But I, I I think David makes you know I think what you're basically saying is that this is a a division of parity, or maybe it's a parody of a division. Uh, yeah, a um, parody of it. Yes. Uh, oh, with but a D, there is parody. There's certain wordplay. It's called wordplay. It's wordplay, Barry. It's clever. Thank like you. you were doing with peanuts earlier, but go ahead. No, that was Evan too. Ev- Evan is is Mister. Mr. Witty. <laughs> right. All right. And on that note, David, listen, uh, this has been great. I know that Kevin right now, wherever, I, I believe he's on an expedition in the Amazon. No, he's oh. no, otherwise known as Arkansas. Amazon.com? That, that's where he is. Shopping on Amazon.com? He's, he's, he's at Hot Springs. Why are you saying it Hot Springs? Is it Hot Springs? It's not with a het. It's <laughs> David doesn't even know. David Winslow over here doesn't know, even know <laughs> even know what you're talking about. Does David know of Does David know of any of I us know the hard Hebraics? H. He's the fir- he's he's the first. You know Hebraics. He da- David David is an educated man. All right, I think that that's a good that's a good sign as any for us to sign. I brought off, a dreidel. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. All right, so yeah, we'll, we'll just clay. we'll just dance the horror. That's the horror. <laughs> Not the horror. And, and make our way on out of here. David, this has been a great camp preview. I suppose next week we'll try and get you on the phone if we can wake you up out there. It'll be it'll be, be two-hour time. You'll be up? I have radio commitments at 7.35 Pacific time every morning. Uh, with uh, Let's give it a plug. 13.10 the ticket. I believe it's, that's it's, all it's the users, 96. I believe. Sports Radio 96.7. 96, uh, 13.10. 13, 13, the ticket. Sports Radio, the ticket. The longest name in the history of the world. That's the Ranch Report. Something that will need to be renamed this year. Maybe we'll have a contest for that. Oh. It could be the Star Chamber. You, you, could, be, <laughs> star you could be the Star Reporter. You know that's not going to happen. But from Oxnard, doesn't it need to be something like... Well, there's the camp report. Camp report. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's very campy un- report. All right, Evan, before we go, tell everybody else what other genius podcasts we have going this week. Thanks. We are, have already done the Chuck Cooperstein College Football Highly Opinionated Podcast, which was great. You know, he talking- rolls out of bed with opinions it, every it, day. It was, it was, doesn't he? It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was really not really college, it was college football, but it was really Big 12. Was really Big Twelve, but we talked. We we mentioned some other schools. You mentioned Georgia. You got your. You say uh, square. I say rectangle. <laughs> and who is uh, this guy? We talked. So we talked about Big Twelve expansion. Did you, did you think of all this stuff while you were on thirty-five <laughs> late getting into the podcast? A lot of traffic. And if you piles. ever shut up, Barry, we're going to get to a Rangers podcast too. Oh, and, and who who will our special guest be on that? Uh, absolutely nobody. It'll just be the three of us talking. And you know more about the Rangers than anybody in the world. More than J.D., more than Thad Levine. We could have had them. We decided to go with More them. than Jerry Fraley? I don't know more. Than, nobody knows more than Jerry Fraley. Or as he's known around here, the great Jerry Fraley. Exactly. All right, we are out of here for this edition of Ballsy. See you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>